Okay, we are in Sefer Megillas Esther, Perek Tes, Pasuk Aleph, Ubishnei Masor Chodesh, Hu Chodesh Adar. So we saw in Perek Zion, Haman, the evil Haman, has now been hung on the gallows, is no longer a threat. Mordechai has been elevated to the prime minister in his place. But we saw that there's the obstacle in Perechess where because of the Persian rule that once the proclamation was issued by the king, you could not uh, revoke it. That is overcome by a neutralizing proclamation, a second proclamation that does not revoke it, but says that on the 13th of Adar, the Jews have an absolute right to self-defense against the Persians who are attempting to annihilate them. And so now, after 11 months of the agony and suspense from the proclamation to the day when this annihilation is supposed to take place, the day has come. So, we begin. And so in the 12th month, which is Chodesh Adar, on the 13th day of Chodesh Adar, the day has arrived for which Ahasuerus uh, and Haman had decreed that was when this destruction and annihilation of the Jewish people was to take place. The enemies of the Jews, that was the day they were going to rule over them. And it is going to be reversed because the Yehudim are now going to overcome their sonim, those who hate them. It's important to point out that there is a difference in an Oyev and a Sone. An Oyev is an active enemy. He's going to pick up arms and do everything he can to physically harm you. A Sone is one who really stands on the sidelines and just hopes you get killed, but is not going to do anything proactive to assure it. Here, would the Mepharshim say that, yes, the Oivim got theirs. The Sonim are led off with either humiliation or just a, a, a defeat. But it is the Oyev that we are after. And that is what they are proceeding to do. So, Nikalu Hayudim, the Jews gather Barayim in their cities, in every one of the 127 provinces, to now attack those who are ready to attack them. No man could stand before the Jews because fear suddenly grips all these vaunted Sone Yisrael. Okay. <clears throat> Doesn't uh, this suggest that you know they, the Haman was not just one guy planning to kill the Jews, that there was a big movement throughout the entire Persian Empire Oh, yes. Anti-Semitic movement. Oh, yes. We're going to see the numbers that come in of whom they kill. Some of it's astounding. Um, yeah, and 
it persists. In any event, uh, all the satraps, the governors, those who did the work, raised the Jews in their esteem. We saw that one of the cornerstones of this whole miracle of Purim is the question of nahapachu, meaning a sudden reversal, an overturn, an extreme movement to the other side. And that's what we're having here. Now there is just respect and admiration. Pinafal pachad Mordechai alehem. And the key ingredient here is because now they are terrified of Mordechai, Mordechai is, by all <coughs> intents and purposes, the Mishnah Lamelech, the second in command. He is the prime minister. Let me just read to you uh, the Malbim. The Malbim says, Ki Godol Mordechai, Ki Yesorim HaMiuchodim Lahanig Beis HaMelech. Yes, there are officers, say the Malbim, who are uniquely qualified to head the household of the king. There are those rare few that are, in addition, qualified to lead the nation. And they are even above those more exceptional people who can do both the household of the king, the leadership of the nation, and to fight the wars of the nation uh, on foreign soil, and to conquer other nations. These go on to greatness, to fame, to international esteem. And Omerki Mordechai Hoya Kolel Shlosha Hamishrosa Ela. And Mordechai was so rare that he was able to encompass all three. He could run the household, he could run the political statecraft of the nation, he could conduct the war of the nation. And there was a legitimate <coughs> fear. I might add there's a parish that says only four people in our history were able to get that kind of international respect that Mordechai had to the extent that each one of them, and this is interesting, had coins minted for them, with their imprint, with their likeness on them. They were Moshe, Yehoshua, um, Avraham, before Yehoshua, uh, and David. They had that international, and now Mordechai. So there is a terror of Mordechai in the nations, very well justified. Kinofal, Pachad, Mordechai, Alehem. Kigodol, Mordechai, Beves HaMelech, Beshamo, Holech, Bechol HaMtinos, his fame just precedes him internationally. He just is getting stronger, more powerful, more famed each day. And so on that 13th day, the Jews are ready. They strike their opponents with the sword kill them by and they do virtually at will what they want to do with their enemies. There's very little resistance in fight. And they in Shushan Habira, the capital, they kill five hundred men. Now this is astounding if you stop to think about it, because you're in Shushan Habira. They know that 
Mordechai is the prime minister. They know that Homon is dead. They know that Melech HaChashverosh's wife is Jewish. They know that he supports what they're doing. And yet, 500 people will come out and throw themselves literally upon the sword because they believe in Haman? And the answer is yes. And the Mephorshim say these are the hard rock uh, MAGA Hamanites who just will follow him anywhere even though he's dead. And so that they are the prominenti, if you will, of Amalek. And they are going to fight in Shushan Habira, and 500 are killed. And now the 10 sons of Haman, Vais Parshan Dosa, Vais Talfon, Vais Asafta, Vais Parosa, Vais Adalia, Vais Adrosa, Vais Parmosa, Vais Arisei, Vais Aras, Vais Vazosa, Asoros, Benei Haman, Ben Hamdosa, Tsora, Haryudim, Hargu, Uba Bizolo, Shochu, Esyodam. So now we mention the 10 sons of Haman. Medrash tells us Haman had 70 sons. Why these 10? These were the ones who actively prevented the Beis Hamikdash from being built. They were the ones who lobbied for stopping the construction. They were the hardcore evil that confronted B'nai Israel. The Medrash says we are to read this in one breath. We read it in one breath, or the Balkore reads it in one breath, because of the fact that they died at the same moment. They were buried, they were hung, one on top of each other, and they went, the gallows were done at the same time, so their breath left them. Incidentally, if you can't do it with one breath, uh, it's not a ma'akev that you must do it, but it's, it's a desired practice. So in any way, you do all 10, uh, and if you will notice, Vaisasa, the last son there, there is a vav that is elongated. The vav is elongated to represent the gallows, which is one huge vertical gallows that they were hung, theoretically, one beneath the other. So those are the ten sons of Haman. By the way, the Medrash also says Zeresh fled with those 70 other sons, and they are reduced to a life of knocking on door-to-door, begging for sustenance. So these are the ten sons of Haman, important. They did not extend their hand to loot, to take the booty or treasure. We are going to come across this phrase four times in this short parak, and the reason, of course, harks back to Shmuel. When Shmuel fought Agag and the Amalekites, they did, contrary to orders, take the, the booty and the loot, and for this, he loses his malchus, um, Shoal. And so what happens is that here, this is a form of kapara, and the symmetry is that, of course, Esther, being the direct descendant of Shaul, them not taking the booty achieves a certain repentance for what Saul did. Continues, and the king gets the death totals from Shushan, the 500, before the king. Some say the enemies of the Jews still working purposely brought these numbers to Ahasuerus 
because thinking quite logically it would aggravate him so and enrage him. These were the creme de la creme of his regime that now are dead. And the Medrash, in fact, tell us that initially he did. He, he was going to just erupt. And Amala comes and changes the mood to where he now becomes so supportive that he asks, Esther, okay, what's next? That's what we see. Vayomer HaMelech Esther HaMalko B'Shushan Habira Horgu HaYudim V'Abed Chamesh Meot Today they destroyed 500 people. Ishra Seres B'nei Haman B'Shar and killed the sons of Haman. B'Shar Dinos HaMelech Ma'asu Now, so what do we do in the rest of the provinces? He's coming to her for advice. Umashe Loseich, what's your request? You know, the same loch, your petition, whatever you say will be done. No, this really kind of indicates that Haman was really planning a rebellion. Why would Hashbegrosh go along with this? These were his enemies, apparently. The people in. That the Jews are killing. Right. Right. Haman was really an enemy of the king as well. Yes, and, and, and yeah, no question. No, it's, uh, did anything he could to subvert the king. But now the king is giving Esther like Harpon. What else do you need? How do we get the provinces? Esther now makes a very <laughs> interesting request. I am. Uh, uh, um, Yudalad Vayelmer Hamelech Leasos Kain Vatina Sein Dust Beshishan Veaseres Bnei Hamon Tolu. It is done in Shishan, and the ten sons of Hamon have been hung. Vayikalu Hayudim Asher Beshishan Gam Bayom Arba Asar Lachodes. Very interesting. Esther asks for another day in Shushan. In other words, those five hundred weren't enough. Why? The answer being that there is a distinction between Shushan Habira, that capital on top of the hill, and the people of Shushan below who are still sworn implacable enemies. So she wants the 14th day as well. This time, the second day, they killed 300 people ish. Second time this phrase appears, they do not stretch their hands to loot. And it's interesting, even in the second day, they still get 300 people that are literally throwing themselves on the sword, per, you know, for no reason. And now the rest of the people in the outer provinces are Shebedi Nosamela, Nikalu, they gather. The Jews gather and kill their enemies. Are you ready? 75,000 Persians are killed. Again, they do not stretch their hands to take the loot. But the 75,000 in one day, they don't need two days like in Shushan to get 500 the first day, 300. They get all 75,000 the same day. Sorry, one, one quick question. So on the first, on the first day, they, they killed the 10 sons. Right. Then, what, then they hung them the next day? Some say yes, that's why it repeats it, that they hung, they hung them all up, they left them on the gallows. They left them on the gallows for a very long period of time. Some say it's just repeating the fact that, yes, the ten sons were hung. 
but you can tap your charge. They said they left him for almost a month. Um, so by Yom that's why they keep repeating it. And so what happens by Yom Adarv and Noach they finish on the fourteenth. But also also Yom The outer provinces are finished on the thirteenth. They make. A celebration on the 14th. That's why we're going to have two Purim days. So gather on the 13th, and on the 14th, they do it on the 15th day. And that is their Simcha and holiday. And we're going to further discuss in a few days, a day or two, the uh, Symbolism of Shushan Purim, as opposed to Purim Medinos, as opposed to why the walls were in the days of Yeshua, if they were a walled city, you celebrated on such and such a day. What does the walls of Yeshua have to do with anything here? So, prazos, those that are dwelling in the outer provinces, they make a holiday, and send gifts. This is where we get the Minogos. One point that question is why did Esther want to delay another day? Yes, ostensibly there were two parts of the city, but she could have done it on the 14th. She wanted it on the 15th because she wanted this miracle to be in the light of the full moon, which occurs on the 15th. Because if you think about it, our major holidays are on the 15th. Pesach, um, Sukkot, not Shavuos, but there's a reason for that. But in any event, she wanted Purim to be celebrated on the 15th because that was the aura of the full moon. The miracle should be given full prominence. And so tomorrow, or the next session which we will have, we will discuss how Mordechai promulgates this miracle, sending out further messages, and how the Purim is divided into segments. And now, hopefully, the Jews are going to be permitted to go back to Yerushalayim and rebuild Bias Shani. You will not want to miss this. 8.45 a.m. Ad Khan.